0: Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Houdinki Insurance, a new venture partnering both Houdinki and Chubb, two industry leaders in their respective fields. Houdinki Insurance is a refreshing new way to protect the timepieces we enjoy and collect. It's a true game changer in that it was designed by watch enthusiasts for watch enthusiasts, and it makes the process of insuring your watches as simple as possible by eliminating the typical pain points that can make insuring your timepieces difficult. Stay tuned later in the episode for more information, and be sure to check out insurance.houdinki.com or download the Houdinki app on iOS or Android. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the 10 and 2 podcast. I'm Kat. And I'm Catlin, And we're here every week talking watches, photography, adventure, and exploring the world of horology. How are you?
1: I am. Well, first of all, I'm super excited about today's episode. But before we get <laughs> into all that,
0: I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Just sold my house today. so I know. I'm very happy I'm right so now. I'm so excited. And there's excited. like a small
1: part of me that's like, oh, our studio, our studio, <laughs> we're going
0: to have a better studio. Though. All of our
1: studios have been inside the house. Like it has. we went, we, we went from Fort in the dining room studio to like kind of janky upstairs studio <laughs> to, to legit upstairs studio.
0: <laughs> I know I'll have to like post a progression because I had pictures from each and every one since we started the fort days were a lot of fun. The fort days were so much fun. And the fort days might have to come back for a little bit because there's a lot of work needed for (laughs) our new studio that we we might be in a fort for like a couple episodes. (laughs) Just
1: hanging out in one of Cat's closets. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Two years into the podcast (laughs) and we've downgraded to
0: closet recording at all times. Exactly. Um, But I'm, I'm, I'm super excited, and yeah, it's kind of bittersweet. I we love this house, we love the yard. It's it's just got an incredible yard and neighborhood, and you know we're downsizing in a lot of ways because it's just me and my husband. We don't have any kids. We're we're not really planning on any kids at this point, so we just we don't need the amount of rooms that this house has, and that's a lot. But it, it is sad, it's sad to see it go because we we do love it, but we're getting a brand new home that's a little bit smaller, and um, hoping to spend more time traveling and and doing other things instead of kind of keeping up with the house and we don't have such a big responsibility but um or once we can travel I guess (laughs) (laughs) knock on wood that that may happen at the end of this year and hopefully definitely next year we're going somewhere I don't you know I, I told Jonathan like you know we have these international plans you know we want to go to the UK and Scotland if that doesn't happen we're we're doing a big road trip. Like we're just going to just take off and and go on a road trip around the U.S. So I don't. Yeah, we got to do something. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll still get to go across the pond. Uh, Maybe.
1: (laughs) Hopefully. We'll see. I'm starting to get skeptical. I started out 2021 with like, I was like, oh yes, this (laughs) is this is it's going to happen. And we're only so we're recording this. What's today? The 16th? 17th, I think. And I'm our Oh, oh yeah, it is the seventeen. And I'm already like, uh, whatever. 2022 (laughs) is gonna be. I have
0: noticed a change in your tone of voice because you were so optimistic. And I I, I even told Jonathan, I was like, hmm, Catelyn is like starting to be like, nope, we're not going.
1: (laughs) Negative Nancy. Uh it's fine. I think
0: because I don't, I
1: don't want to let my heart up. I know, much. I'm the same like, way. I'm the same it's way. the sadness of it. So there's so many reasons we want to go, and uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get my hopes up. I guess. Yeah. Try and be a realistic and an optimist at the same time. That's so, tough. We'll <laughs> it's January. <laughs> we're just gonna let it go because we're not even gonna start planning this until like late summer, if really, at all. So yeah, we'll see. like we're good.
0: We'll see. Plenty happens. of time. Our fingers. But
1: before we get into today's episode, yeah. Kat, what's on your wrist today?
0: I'm wearing my Omega Seamaster white dialed and I wore it because we're going to talk about some Omegas on the show today. But I've also just like literally worn this all weekend. It's been really cold here and I have it on the Bark and Jack NATO strap. And it's just, it, I'm not like the biggest fan of NATOs in general, but they are so nice. Like in the winter, and I guess you could say the same thing about leather straps, but even, I think even more so than leather straps, like the Nato's are just, the nylon is super warm. You know, you can sometimes put on a leather strap and it's still cold. Um, <laughs> so it's just, it's nice and comfy. And I've been wearing basically sweaters and hoodies all weekend. So it just kind of fit the bill. I did get my new date dress, and, and I should be wearing that. I don't know why I'm stupidly not, but um We were just kind of out and about. Because it's 10 o'clock at night,
1: so (laughs)
0: we're not too worried about (laughs) it. Yeah. We did a little bit of hiking, and and I just felt like, eh, I'll just put on the the Seamaster. Nice. And you know somebody texted me or DM'd me a photo of toilet paper. Like the lines in the toilet paper and my Seamaster. And I don't remember who this was, but I don't like you very much. Because now that is all I can freaking (laughs) see in my dial. No. uh,
1: Yes. No, somebody, it must be, I bet we could go to, so on Saturdays we post a quick wrist shot on our Instagram page. Uh And I bet, because I remember somebody posting Hmm. something saying, oh, it's the toilet paper Seamaster. And I bet it's that guy. So whoever you are, sir. No, it's he not it. Don't He's
0: no, it. he
1: didn't ruin. Don't, don't let him steal your joy cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you wearing today? Um, well, we are talking about some Omega stuff, <laughs> specifically some space stuff. Yeah. So I feel obligated yeah, to wear my moon watch today. Yeah. So, yeah, too. very excited. I have it on bracelet. I haven't worn it on bracelet um, often lately. Mm-hmm. I've I've uh, have really been living for for leather straps this time of year. I, I really enjoy leather straps. So um, but yeah, I have it on bracelet and I'm super super excited.
0: Well, for those listeners that that may be new to the show, your Speedmaster is not like most Speedmasters because
1: no. It's kind of special.
0: It is. I love it, first of all. But um,
1: yeah. So if, if you're not familiar, if you're not familiar with it, um, so I have um a model of Speedmaster Professional that has the moon phase at the twelve o'clock. So I know Omega has the current uh, Speedmaster with the moon phase, but it's not considered the professional label. It's larger, and the moon phase is at six o'clock. So mine is like a, a mid two thousands variant. Uh, with the moon phase on the date wheel at 12 o'clock. It's still considered a Speedmaster professional. It's still considered flight qualified, which for me was really important, but I just wanted something a little bit different. Yeah, And I love the symmetry of like the four sub dial layout. It's so symmetrical and it has a sapphire crystal plus the exhibition case back, which is
0: stunning. Yeah, I really love that. I love that it's still the flight qualified speedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's something a little extra without, you know, we're going to talk about some of the Snoopy editions. It, it's not, it, it's not the Snoopy. It's not a limited. It's just another version that you can get. That's again, just a little different. And I, I, you know, as much as I love Speedmasters, I think that for me, they're a little, they're a little boring and plain, just like I think of the sub, which I have so much admiration for. I, I think that they are kind of meant to be that way. But I love Mm -hmm. and, and, and you've seen this with the versions of the Speedmaster that I've owned in the past. They're all like really quirky and different because I love those type of speedies. I just like I love the different stuff that they do. Um, so yeah, yeah yours is just incredible and, and you could stare at those stars on it forever it's so awesome I know
1: if I was a better watch owner guys I would have the reference number readily available for y'all we'll put it in the show notes I don't and this one is actually a short reference number so and I still don't remember shame
0: on you um, but Yeah, I know
1: I'm the worst right uh, no, I could start like I'm pretty sure I know it but I don't want to say it in case it's wrong no, and then you know some. <laughs> is going to come at me oh they <laughs> so, will call
0: you out
1: 100 uh, <laughs> percent call me out so I'm just not going to mention it um but yeah I'll put it in the show notes and then it's all, it's usually all over Instagram somewhere yeah. um but so today in case you guys haven't put together we are talking about um Omega and Speedmasters and specifically uh Omega sent us a watch like to review Wow. For real. And I I couldn't believe it. Um, so we were able to go hands-on with the new Silver Snoopy Speedmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of like Snoopy Speedmaster week, I guess. Yeah. Um, so today's episode, I I hear this a lot and I, I kind of see this a lot where people ask, you know. Why is Snoopy on a Moonwatch anyways? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the purpose of it? Why Why isn't, you know, Goofy or, like, any <laughs> other cartoon character or anything like that on the it? The Goofy Speedmaster? Um, oh,
0: my God. That would be amazing. <laughs>
1: oh, God. Cat's ready to rewrite history no, and no, redo no, no, the NASA no. program. Are
0: you kidding me? It's a beagle. I, like, I have a beagle. It's the cutest dog. Like, who doesn't <laughs> like dogs? I've said this before. If you're not a dog person, like, you're not my friend. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yikes.
1: Um, so before Kat alienates any of our <laughs> listeners. Um, so we thought that we would spend, we'd break this this whole like Snoopy watch down into two episodes. So today we're going to go over the history of the Silver Snoopy Award yeah. and the history of uh, Omega and this award, um, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. We get to nerd the F out. And yes. i so stoked. Like, yeah. so stoked to nerd out. And then <laughs> Friday, be sure to, you guys tune in on Friday because we will be having our review of the new Omega Silver Soupy.
0: Yeah. I'm so, I'm so incredibly excited about it. Thanks, Omega, again. Just another shout out for sending it to yes. us. Yes. And I think we've actually got one of the the new Speedmasters on the way soon too, which we're incredibly excited to check out. And you know, I had just mentioned that I kind of always thought the Speedmaster was boring, but the new upgrades, like I'm really excited to see this one because maybe this is a speedy for me. I've been I've been waiting for the right Speedmaster, Ooh. so we'll we'll see. We'll see. I'm not I'm not making any promises, I, but so I'm excited to check it out. I
1: forget. I forget who said it, but somebody sent me a DM saying something along the lines of "I needed to set you straight because of your comments last time about you not liking Speedmasters or the Moonwatch or something like that." Oh, and I was like, you know, maybe, maybe she's changed. You know, we we've said this
0: before. Like, don't hold us to what we said.
1: (laughs) uh, Yeah, we change our minds, guys.
0: Yeah, that is completely true. Look, I I have a freaking. Picture of a Speedmaster hanging in my wall that I've had for like the last couple of years. I am, I'm, I'm a Speedmaster fan. I'm not a Chronograph fan, but I do love the Speedmaster. And um if there's going to be a Chronograph in my collection, you bet it's going to be a Speedy for sure. I just uh, have to wait for the right one, you know? The right okay. one. The right one. Exactly. But we're going to talk about a lot today, so I'm really excited. Yes,
1: before we before we dive into like Omega's history with mm-hmm. um, NASA and with Snoopy, so why don't we just kind of break down what the Silver Snoopy Award is and like how this whole thing came to be?
0: Absolutely. So the Snoopy Award, which a couple people might not know this, but it's actually not given to the actual astronauts; it's given from the astronauts to the NASA employees and the contractors for outstanding achievements related to human flight safety or for mission success. So basically, you did something special in the mission or for the mission, whether it was during or before, and they give you this award. I actually, like, I really love that because I think that we as a society, like, we tend to idolize and celebrate the astronauts, which... Granted, right. they, uh, it's totally well-deserved. They're out there like doing crazy things. But I think a lot of times we forget the little guys that are here working their asses off to make sure that the missions go on safely and, you know, nothing terribly happens. And they've been planning these things out for months and been working hard at it and all these engineers that are part of it. So I think it's so nice that that NASA does, you know, does this award to recognize those people. It's just very sweet to me. And, you know, another thing is like it's less than like 1% I read that, you know, the, of the aerospace program that actually receives it, which I started thinking about. I was like, well, this makes sense because there's not been a ton of missions, especially in the last few years. So I guess the the low numbers does kind of correlate to that. But this the award is a, a sterling silver Snoopy lapel pin that has actually flown into space on a space shuttle mission. And so the recipient will get that. They will also get a certificate of appreciation and a commendation letter that was signed by the astronaut, which is really sweet. Aww. This award is is not, I wouldn't say it's easy to get. I was reading through some of the criteria. And I'll go over just a couple of the things. I won't, I won't list out all the details, but you've got to significantly contribute beyond your normal work. You know, requirements. You've got to do something special, essentially. Mm -hmm. Or you've got to contribute to one of the more like major cost savings or cost avoidances during the mission. Um, Some of the other things are like assisting with operational improvement that increases the efficiency or performance of the mission. Again, reasons you wouldn't be able to get the award can't be a part time employee. Sorry, part timers. (laughs) And some upper (laughs) management cannot get the award as well. Um, Again, there's some other criteria, but basically, what it all comes down to is like you've done something significant during the mission before or during that you know they they recognize and that stood out and uh, and then you can you can receive the award which is really cool.
1: Yeah, well, and I love that it's given by the astronauts. I, I think that that's a really neat aspect of it um, because they're they're the people who are realistically most impacted by the actions uh, yes. of safety and things
0: like that. Yeah, mission control gets them home, really. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, and again, I think we we tend to just like we we idolize the astronauts, which is is incredible. These guys are heroes, no doubt. But there's so many mm-hmm. people that are involved in it that we just don't think about. I know I certainly don't. So I, again, it's just it is really nice to see them do something special like this. But that being said, let's talk about like how the collaboration started with the Apollo missions and Snoopy. Yeah, so
1: everything basically started with Apollo 1 when it comes down to uh, why the Silver Snoopy Award was created. So Apollo 1 was supposed to be the first Undertaking in the whole process of landing on the moon. The goal was never like for Apollo One to land on the moon. Mm-hmm. In fact, their mission was to actually do low orbital testing of the Apollo Command and okay. Service Module. Um, and so then eventually, it was it was all little steps to lead to um, the Apollo Eleven mission where we we landed on the moon for the first time. Unfortunately, so the the flight was originally scheduled on February 21st of 1967, and unfortunately, it never made it there. Um, Actually, about a month earlier on January 27th, there was a launch rehearsal at Kennedy Space Center and a fire broke out in the cabin, which killed all three astronauts. You know after mm-hmm. after an investigation and whatnot it was determined that you know it's an electrical fire but it spread really rapidly because you had all yeah. the highly combustible nylon material plus you had high pressure and you had a pure oxygen atmosphere in the cabin and and it was a very unfortunate circumstance because the crew they couldn't escape out of out of the uh, the cabin, yeah. the door, the hatch on the door could not physically be open because of all of the pressure on the inside of it. You know, so it's something that that was later determined to have been avoidable. But again, you know, mm-hmm. this the whole Apollo and I think this is one of the things that's always fascinated me about the NASA program is it was all like the wild, wild west, like everybody was learning something for the yeah. first time. And, you know, unfortunately, loss of life happens when when you do things like that.
0: You know the well. I think also like there there was this race too. Oh there yeah. was a race to be. Everyone wanted to be first, so I think that sometimes things got missed mm-hmm. because people were just consumed with getting there exactly and doing it instead of the safety aspect of it. Which obviously we we learned our lessons, but still. Yeah. No, exactly. Just like what you said. I
1: mean, the the whole space race with the with the Soviet Union. I mean, it was already, you know, NASA was already facing a lot of scrutiny because the Soviets were the first in space. They were the first to do, you know, a space walk. They they were the first for a lot of things. And then um ultimately, you know, our goal was to be first on the moon, which history later proved that we were. Um, But yeah, exactly. Um, And so, you know, after the reporting kind of came out and things like that, it was a really big embarrassment to NASA. And it brought a lot of controversy Mm -hmm. to the program. Crewed flights were actually suspended for 20 months because of it. Wow, Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So there was there was a lot of controversy. And and, I mean, it definitely it brought a little bit of shame to the program. And and I think it's one of those Mm -hmm. interesting things that, you know, it could it could have ruined it. So after Apollo 1, the director of public affairs for the Manned Spacecraft Center, um, his name was Al Chop. So he reached out to the United Feature Syndicate, who actually owned the rights to Snoopy. So Chop was like a really big fan of Snoopy. And at the time, Snoopy was in Peanuts was such a popular comic strip, you know, during mm-hmm. during that time period. So he's actually quoted in an interview later on as saying Snoopy was a fl- or Snoopy was a flyer, obviously referring to his popular like imagination as being red baron. So he he follows it up by saying uh, there's no reason he couldn't become an astronaut too because originally mm-hmm. they were turned down; they weren't given the rights to Snoopy as a character. So not wanting to miss that opportunity to be able to send Snoopy to space, eventually they were granted NASA was granted the rights to use Snoopy. And Schultz, who is the creator of Peanuts, he is the one who actually designed the Silver Snoopy Award. So his original sketch yeah. was Snoopy in a cute little space suit. He's got his little helmet on and a scarf. <laughs> and he's carrying a little a little gearbox, which I find so adorable. And that became the Silver Snoopy Award. Yeah. So freaking cute. I know. I know. And I I just kind (laughs) of, I mean, like, yeah. It's cute and adorable. It is. It's cute and adorable. We're bringing back cute and adorable for this episode, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. But yeah, so, I mean, I just, I find it to be such a fascinating story of how, like, yeah. I mean, obviously you you go from this tragedy and you're trying to inspire, right? Like you're trying to bring you're trying mm-hmm. to bring a little bit of joy back to the program. And also, you know, a big issue at the time was that you had departments who weren't close to the actual astronauts and the actual like the program in and of itself. They were all doing their separate things, mm-hmm. but there was a huge lack of communication and things like that. So creating this award
0: really kind of brought everybody together. Oh, I, I, I totally agree, and and I read that, like, Charles Schultz, you know, the, the creator of, of Charlie Brown and Snoopy, at a certain point in time, I don't know when this happened, but he, he didn't take any profit from them using Snoopy as a character. Oh, wow. uh, he didn't want anything. He was, like, he was a NASA fan, and as long as I think NASA made it exclusive that he would be the only one to draw Snoopy for them, that he didn't want any other artists trying to attempt, you know, drawings and and um, graphic designs and stuff like that but as long as they use him then then he would do it at no cost which I mean for NASA I I would do anything <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't go into space but I would do almost anything <laughs> I'm a total chicken <laughs> but yeah it, it, it's such it's that is such a good story and and uh, really they just they couldn't have picked a better character I mean like you said Charlie Brown Snoopy was just incredibly popular in the 1960s and you know, it's just you kind of mentioned, you know, they kind of brought or saved face for for NASA in a way because of these terrible things that happened that later on you bring the character of Snoopy and you bring some lightheartedness to, to NASA because people are a little bit more maybe frightened, a little bit more scared, a little bit more skeptical about the program itself. And, uh, you know, you, you bring an ease to people when you use a character that, I mean, think about it, that people weren't watching, <laughs> people weren't on on their computers, people weren't, didn't have social media, people were not finding out about things like we are now. We have every information at our, at our fingertips mm-hmm. nowadays. And at that time, there's a lot of people didn't even have a TV in their house. But everyone, like nearly everyone, I'm sure, read a newspaper and read Charlie Brown and you know, it's something that was incredibly accessible to so many people. And here was this character that you were seeing and he was putting on his helmet and he was shooting off into space and it it, it, made, it, it made it relatable, I guess, in a way to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Because I know for me, when I think of NASA, it is so far in the distance. Like, I cannot even imagine. First of all, I'm terrible at math and science. Just letting y'all know that. Like, <laughs> Same. absolutely terrible. Same.
1: I'm not gonna be an astronaut,
0: <laughs> so, like y'all. especially math. Like my husband's an engineer, and he starts talking about work, and my eyes just roll back. Like every <laughs> single time, I what they do is just it's it's just not relatable to me in any kind of way. And I think to have something like this that you know you just you love and you have so so much admiration for this character that uh it's just it's heartwarming and um like I said I think it just it brought people a reason to to support NASA yeah. at the end of the day especially for for children and for others that uh, you know maybe were a little bit more skeptical and just didn't know a lot about a lot about it yeah Snoopy you know he wanted to be the first beagle on the moon <laughs> and, and he was and he was and he was
1: And now a word from today's sponsor. Houdinki, the preeminent resource for all things watches, has recently announced a new venture, Houdinki Insurance. Created in partnership with Chubb, the world's premier insurer of valuable collections, Houdinki Insurance is a game changer in how you protect the watches you love. Signing up takes just a few minutes, and in most cases, you can instantly protect your watches with comprehensive insurance backed by two of the most trusted names in their industries. In most cases, you won't need independent appraisals or sales receipts, and you won't even have to speak with an agent to get your quote. The ease in which you can apply for Hodinkee Insurance and get coverage makes ensuring traditionally difficult timepieces such as vintage watches better now than ever, not to mention the added peace of mind that comes with the appreciation protection guaranteeing up to 150% of your watch's value up to the policy limit, ensuring fair value during an ever-changing watch market. Hodinkee Insurance is available to U.S. residents in all 50 states. Visit insurance.hodinkee.com or download the Hodinkee app for iOS or Android to learn more and sign up today. It really makes me wonder, you know, if something like that happened now, Honestly, it would be shut down. There would be no like, oh, let's yeah. refigure this out, you know, anything else. Mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, I think the the pioneering spirit was was just different back then. You know what I mean? And that's not, mm-hmm. not saying that I, you know, I agree or disagree either way. Like I I know that, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of caution that goes into things now and a, and a lot of correctness that goes into things now. And, and I, I do agree with yeah. that. But it's just different. You know, if there was, if, for it example, is. the, 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 uh, um, the Tesla program, what is it? The SpaceX, sorry. <laughs> but if something were to mm-hmm. happen, you know, have happened on one of those, one of those shuttle launches, God forbid, then I'll guarantee it basically tanks the company and shuts everything down. And, and mm-hmm. that's it. You know, it, it just, it's really neat how different things were and how even after such a horrific accident, America, like the world was able to kind of come together and continue to push forward with this program. Like it didn't have to stop and it encouraged more safety. It encouraged people to really, to work together for for the betterment of mankind and for for everybody's safety.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think, you're absolutely right. It was just a different time. It was a different time in America. And, and I think over, over time, as, as we've developed as a country, we've, we've made NASA and space exploration less and less important to us. Um, Maybe because of Mm -hmm. the failed missions, maybe, you know, obviously it's extremely costly and, and we, we as a government just don't feel like that money needs to be spent there. Um, I would argue that it does (laughs) because this planet is, to me, not going to last forever. But um, I will get into that another day. (laughs) Not on this episode of the (laughs) podcast. Uh, But, you know, I, I... I've always been a fan of, of space exploration. I think it's it's vital to our existence. And you know, maybe someday things will change. Uh, I don't think that something like this, something like Snoopy, and I don't think that would work today. I think people, we as watch no. geeks, like it, and it's a it's a kind of a, a memorable thing to look at. I just don't think it's enough to to make people excited about space. I mean there's a lot of people that didn't even care about the test, you know, the SpaceX launch. I mean, they're just like, whatever. Yeah. I think we're just like kind of in a society now that everything we've done so much. It's just like, whatever. Um, nothing really excites people anymore. Not, not in the same way it used to. Like you said, we were pioneers at the time. There was like, yeah, we, we, there was so much we view Instagram there was influencers. So yeah. With higher regard than astronauts. It's crazy. But um yeah. Let's cat. Okay. <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit about Apollo 13 and the Silver Snoopy Award um, before we start jumping into some like watch stuff.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Well, so uh, I know, you know, at one point, ch- I think it was episode 70. So this was a while ago. 70? You know, we we talked a little bit. 70. Oof. That's when we, that's when we did, that was when the SpaceX launch was because oh we gosh. did that whole episode on like what watches we would wear to space, wow. which was so fun. But so I feel... I figured I, you know, we could do a quick recap of, you know, how Omega even became the Moonwatch exactly. because, you know, obviously the big deal is that you know, with this watch that we're going to be reviewing Friday is that Omega received the Snoopy Award. But mm-hmm. so going back into into how it became the Moonwatch, you know, basically in the old day, I mean it was essentially in the beginning of the space days like the wild wild west of watches in space like everybody (laughs) just wore whatever they wanted to it didn't matter like watches weren't actually part of any sort of issued equipment Mm -hmm. but when the time came for procuring equipment for the Gemini and Apollo missions NASA did feel the need for a watch that was suitable for both training and flights so they put uh, Jim Reagan who was the engineer in charge of selection and testing of chronographs they put him in charge of finding a chronograph for the space program. Um, There was a list of criteria for the chronographs. Like they had to be so accurate. They did need to be manually wound. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously there's no gravity in space, which is why the need for manual winding was very important. You know, there, there were a few other criteria as well, but basically they just kind of sent out this letter to, to tons of watch brands asking for them to send a watch for them to review and for them to test only four brands wound up responding. So you had Longines, who sent in the 235T, which was actually a Valju 72 powered movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rolex sent in the 6238 Chronograph, also a Valju 72 movement. Omega, we all know at this point, sent in the Speedmaster with a 321 caliber. And Hamilton, bless their little hearts, Hamilton sent a pocket watch. And so, <laughs> never so thought was about. <laughs> Bless their little hearts. Poor Hamilton. I'm sure whoever was in charge at Hamilton <laughs> later on was like, what the heck oh, happened? How we did we you. miss this we, we opportunity? Love you, Hamilton. <laughs> Do love you, Hamilton. So so it came down to these three watches, right? And so um, Jim Reagan put these three watches through 11 of the, the craziest, craziest tests, y'all. Yeah. Um, so these tests were high temperature, low temperature, pressure, humidity, oxygen, shock, acceleration, Decompression, high pressure, vibration, and acoustic noise. I hope you guys weren't actually. I think it would
0: be down. an amazingly uh, cool job to be the person that tests the watches for this stuff.
1: Who just gets to like beat stuff right? up, right? Would like, that be so? That fun? would actually be a really <laughs> cool job. Like you know. Total sidebar. You know they have those like those rooms that you can pay to go into and just break things. What? Like no. to get your aggression. What you don't this? know this is a thing. <laughs> I don't know that there's anything in Nashville, but I've seen it on on Instagram where you can like pay to go into a room and it's full of like old TVs and glass and oh like gosh. all sorts of stuff. You're you and you have sledgehammers and baseball bats and things like that. And you just get to break things. Wow. I feel like I need that right now, actually, in my <laughs> life. But, um but yeah, in general, I think it would be so cool to just be the guy who's in charge of like doing some crazy tests on stuff. Like, especially Absolutely. some of these tests, like high temperature and like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, high pressure vibrations. I, I just think it would be so cool. So, out of the three watches that were left, the Rolex Sixty Two Thirty Eight failed its humidity test by completely stopping the movement, and then also failed the high temperature test. Mm. If I remember correctly, it failed high temperature because the hands melted. But I Dang. that could be, I could be wrong. So the Longines Wittenauer, uh, the Two Three Five T, failed the high temperature test because the crystal warped and disengaged. So the Speedmaster was the only watch that was ever able to pass all the tests. So, you know, to me, I think that this is a big deal because it, it's easy. And we just talked about like ambassadors and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. last week. And I think it's easy to just assume that a brand pays for sponsoring something, right? Mm-hmm. But like, this isn't that case. Like Omega earned it. You yeah, know what I mean? And I, I think that they get a lot of... They get a lot of shit for it, you know, for for milking the whole moonwatch thing, whatever. But but it's they deserve right to, yeah, yeah. I mean, I genuinely believe that, and, and you guys can come at me all you want, but <laughs> it's not a paid tennis endorsement. It's no. not a paid golf endorsement. It's not anything like that. You know, the brand didn't didn't you know pay for it. They just submitted a watch to be tested. They didn't yeah. even know
0: anything about it. The ultimate the ultimate tool watch in my mind. I mean. Yeah, it's incredible.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, uh, on June 1st of 1965, the Speedmaster 105.003 was officially flight qualified. So, again, I just really love that story. So, you know, aside from it becoming the Moonwatch, obviously, at some point, Omega had to win or had to receive the Silver Snoopy Award, right? Because obviously there are these limited edition watches. Um, And that really comes to Apollo 13. So first of all, like, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, there's (laughs) a movie from the 90s. (laughs) I always reference people to, like, look at this, to, like, really see why it mattered so much. Oh, my gosh. Who hasn't watched Apollo
0: 13? Oof, you need Girl, to get on that.
1: I, I hear it all the time. Really? That people, also, it makes me feel old when people are like, I haven't seen it, who are clearly way younger than I am. I'm like, oh.
0: I feel like we but even yes, watched it There are people school. who haven't seen
1: it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did.
1: <laughs> Probably. It sounds that's, right.
0: That's Tennessee learning for you.
1: <laughs> you know, education. We watch movies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <It's
1: fine. laughs> All right. So, Apollo 13 uh, was launched in 1970. It was the seventh crewed mission in the Apollo program, and it was actually the third that was supposed to go and land on the moon. Unfortunately, two days into the mission, um, the oxygen tank in the service module actually exploded and caused, I mean, just irreplaceable damage. Like, Mm -hmm. there was there was no going back. Right. It even drained the fuel cell batteries, leaving only a few hours of power. So at that point, the goal, obviously like going to the moon is shot, but the goal was to just bring them home because they had so little power, so little life support. You know, if if you watch the movie, you see all of the things that these astronauts had to go through. I mean, they had no, they had no heat control. They had, they had no flight control. They had nothing. Absolutely Mm -hmm. nothing. Barely had communications. Yeah. You know, I just find the story fascinating in general, because to me, it's kind of the epitome of like the the human will to live. And again, you have you have everybody at Ground Control working together Mm -hmm. to try and come up with solutions just so that these guys can have oxygen Um, because it got to a point where they were breathing too much carbon dioxide and. It's absolutely amazing that even under these stresses and conditions, I think one of the astronauts got a UTI at the time as well, that under these conditions, they were still able to make it home. So they wound up using using the sun as their guidance. They wound up like slingshotting the moon using just a a very small uh, engine burn uh, and just kind of using the the moon's gravity to, to slingshot them back home. But at some point, despite the accuracy of that whole maneuver, At some point, the shuttle had drifted off its course and the crew, again, they had no guidance system. They had nothing to tell them where they were supposed to go. But fixing that trajectory was crucial. Any deviation in that exact flight pattern would have caused the shuttle to either completely miss re-entering the Earth's atmosphere or they would have done so at an angle that would have caused the shuttle to just burn up on re-entry. So after lots of math, so this is how (laughs) I know I could never be an astronaut, (laughs) all the math. So uh, it was determined that they had to time a 14 second engine burn using only the like visually the line between day and night on the earth as guidance. Um, but this 14 seconds was was critical. It had to be exactly 14 seconds. This is where the Speedmaster really kind of became the, the savior of this mission. Obviously, they weren't going to count one Mississippi, two Mississippi, yeah. three. You know what I mean? Like, they needed it to be accurate. Mm-hmm. So using that Speedmaster, and actually, if you watch the Apollo 13 movie, like, you could see them use it. It's just, it's really cool, especially if you're a watch fan. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the best watch movies to watch, in, in all honesty yeah um but they timed that 14 second burn they were able to enter Earth's atmosphere safety. And the Speedmaster, uh, it wasn't Omega who was awarded the the Silver Snoopy Award. It was the Speedmaster. Like, they literally awarded it to the equipment that saved their lives. So, yeah. you know, it, I just find it to be such a fascinating story. And again, you know, for, for everybody who wants to say, oh, another, another limited edition, <laughs> they kind of have the right to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's not just a golf watch or something like that. Like... It has it has a history to it, and they kind of earn it. Um, but speaking of limited editions, so yeah. let's talk a little
0: bit about the watches that have come from this. Absolutely, which are it's exciting because, you know, I was looking through these earlier and trying to pick a favorite, and it's so. Fun freaking hard but <laughs> let's start let's start with the first one so this was the um the Omega Speedmaster Snoopy award the 3578.51 if that doesn't make any sense to you click the link in our in our description and you you'll go right to it this one came out in 2003 celebrating 33 years since the first Snoopy award in 1970 it had the Omega caliber 1861 inside it had a slight glass or crystal 42 millimeters. This one had it aesthetically it looks like a normal Speedmaster, but it has Snoopy on the nine o'clock sub dial with it says eyes on the stars, little patch to it. And then Snoopy is also on the case back, just like he looks on the Snoopy Award. It's the same same character, same drawing. And um, this one, believe it or not, this one was priced at forty two hundred dollars. Crazy, Man. crazy. I mean, it was 2003, oh so gosh. I mean, you kind of have to take that into effect. Uh, there was it was limited to 5,441 pieces, which is kind of a reference to the uh, the minutes and seconds, um, that the Apollo 13 mission was, which was 142 hours, 54 minutes, and 41 seconds. So I like how Omega, you know, and and I think it's kind of cool. That's actually have,
1: cool. I didn't yeah. even know that.
0: Oh, step. <laughs> I want to patent something about a Speedmaster. How about that? <laughs> uh, so this is yeah. This one came out in 2003. Again, aesthetically, it, it on the front of it you, it looks like a Speedmaster Professional, but you got that nine o'clock really bright blue subdial that has Snoopy in it. So it's the more if you're looking for a Snoopy you know, speedy that is a little bit more subtle, a little bit less standoutish. This is the one for you. It also comes on the bracelet. And so it's, it's not something that most people would immediately recognize. They'd have to kind of like really get up on your wrist. That's a good and bad thing because while I do like it, I want all the Snoopy I can get also. So <laughs> let's, let's talk about the next one, which was in 2015. And it's got like, freaking 20 numbers in the reference number here. So I'm not even going to say it. Um, <laughs> there's a big change. But I think
1: this <laughs> is the Snoopy watch that before before this newest Snoopy watch, this was the Snoopy watch of all Snoopy watches, right? Like there's only there had only been the two at the time. <laughs> exactly. This is the one that I think most people are familiar with.
0: Yeah, for sure. This is super popular. Obviously, you know, I really wasn't into watches in 2013 or 2003. I definitely was into watches at 2015. Like I was starting to get into watches. So this watch, this Snoopy edition really stood out for me. And I know it definitely stood out for you, but this was to celebrate the 45th anniversary of Apollo 13. This is a completely new design watch. So they didn't do just the normal Speedmaster professional look. They went completely black and white, which kind of referenced the Snoopy and Charlie Brown comic strips that were in black and white for this one. And again, Snoopy is on the nine o'clock sub dial and he has a little like comic book kind of like bubble that says failure is not an option, which is a node to the, I think this is a node to the Apollo 13 movie. I don't think this is actual, like, I, I couldn't find anything where this is like an actual like NASA reference. I think this was a reference to the movie. However, on the um I guess between the what is it zero and 14 seconds it says what can you Mm -hmm. do in 14 seconds and that is uh, a nod to the actual mission itself because that was the time that it took for the astronauts to perform that that uh, mid-course correction that you you were talking about earlier but this is uh it's just it's my favorite I still think like it's so tough. I I have a hard time not loving this model because on the case back and and so there is a <laughs> <laughs> there's a silver powder that is sprinkled on each individual case back. So none of them are exactly the same. And then you have the yeah. you have Snoopy on top of that in silver and it's it, he is exactly like how he is on the 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 pin on the um, lapel mm-hmm. basically. I I don't know why I love this so freaking much like it just it makes my soul happy when I see it. Like I love oh. the I love the new one. I love him flying in the air, like in the space. I love it. But this one, I don't know. This one just has my heart. It 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 also has the sixteen or the eighteen sixty one. Sorry, that was my dyslexia kicking in there. Eighteen sixty one caliber, forty two millimeters. Again, now this one has sapphire instead of hess light. It also came on a black nylon strap. There was nineteen hundred and seventy pieces. Obviously, referencing 1970, this one major price increase here, seven thousand dollars, which again is like not super crazy, but 2015, like that's a pretty big price jump there. That's almost you know double, but uh, and this one also sold out immediately. While the first one, it took yes, quite it a while. Did. It took quite a while because it wasn't it wasn't yeah. like super popular. And, you know, limited edition Omegas weren't like a huge thing at the time. So, so yeah, what, I know that you really like this one too. And, um, I think this one before the new one came out was definitely both of our favorites. And I still think it is my favorite. I, I, I just, I'm looking at a picture of it right now and I'm just, I love the black and white. It's the loom of the of, of Snoopy too and the dark. He's the loom, I will just, say, oh. has to be
1: like one of the coolest things ever. He's so on this good,
0: one. I mean, Omegan just and I ass. love that
1: this one actually was sold with like there was the the silver Snoopy lapel pin was. Included oh, I didn't know that. In, like, That's the box awesome. With this one, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a super cute box.
0: Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take over for this last and final and third one that uh, just came out. What, like a month ago? Maybe No, I guess it's been a I little think bit. A few months ago, by now. A few I months. think
1: sometime in November, October, November. Oh
0: shit! Yeah, I'm 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 lost still. Cat doesn't know exactly what day or time it is. It's fine. It's fine.
1: It's <laughs> fine. That's that work from home life. <laughs> You're not supposed to know what time or day it is. Exactly. Um. But yeah. So so celebrating the. Oh no! It came out in October. It came out October fifth because I remember Omega teased it for so like on Instagram one day. So in October, Omega launched what was the 50th anniversary of the Silver Snoopy Award. I am actually not going to get really in-depth into this because we are doing a whole episode on Friday about this watch yeah. and, and reviewing it and sharing all of our thoughts. So I'm not going to get in-depth on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and by now, I'm sure everybody, like, who, if you're nerdy enough to listen to a watch <laughs> podcast, you've seen this watch. So you know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Um. So super excited. I mean, there's definitely some, some very big differences between this mm-hmm. and previous generation of the Snoopy watch. But I think that uh, yeah, I- I'm actually just not going to talk about it. Yeah, we won't talk about it at, yeah. Bye, about it at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, so super excited. Um, again, like we and we'll say this probably ten more times. Like, cannot thank Omega enough for mm-hmm. for sending us one of these. And yeah, yeah so excited. But I think that kind of covers our our history lesson, right? Yeah, I think so.
0: I- we'll chat about it on Friday. So excited.
1: Yeah, you guys just have to wait and come back. But. I love Please hold. <laughs> I love
0: <laughs> like for part two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I absolutely, absolutely love this. This is like one of my favorite things that we've done in a while because I love nerding out over NASA stuff. So, Same. Um definitely so much fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode too. We just, you know, I I hear it all the time and I think that so many people just don't know the story Mm -hmm. or don't realize like different parts of the story behind it. So this has been really great being able to, being able to to talk about it and, and even do a little bit of research into it. Like I'm I'm pretty familiar with a lot of it, but being able to look into some other stuff and
0: yeah, this is exactly. And, and I think it's a, it's a type of information that, you know, yes, we as watch geeks get really into, but if you have someone that that's into space or, you know, anything like that into NASA, this is a, you know, not to say, hey, send them to our show. But, you know, this would be a good episode for them to listen to if they wanted to know a little bit more about, you know, the connection between the Speedmaster and NASA and space and, and the Snoopy Award and, I think uh, this is one certainly that I'll, I'll kind of tune in my husband to, to check into because he doesn't often listen to our episodes I'll be honest but um, I think a lot of the watch talk just tends to go over his head and and with this subject it doesn't for a lot of people because a lot of people are interested in NASA so I, I think that it's a it's a great conversation for for those folks that are not completely and utterly into watches like we are. <laughs>
1: awesome well guys make sure head over to our website www.tennand2.com we'll have links to a lot of the stuff we talked about photos uh, of some of the watches that well we only talked about three watches but we'll have photos of those on the <laughs> show notes uh, just so you guys can see what we're exactly which uh is omega watches that we're talking about and um yeah be sure to follow us along on instagram facebook twitter at ten and two media, I don't know why. Like I always forget this part. Uh, follow us at ten and two media. Be uh, subscribe over to our YouTube channel. Every now and then, there's a video that gets posted that's not a podcast, and that's it. And guys, tune back in Friday. So like we're super ex- excited to share our thoughts about about the Snoopy. But yeah, be sure to tune back in. And if you enjoy this episode, please share it. Uh, Like Cass said, share it with even some of your non-watch friends because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would find a lot of this information quite fascinating. And maybe it might get people off your back on why you're so into watches. There you go. Always a bonus. There you go. Always a bonus. (laughs) And with that, we will talk to you all Friday. All right. Bye. Bye, y'all.